0: Time to Head North podcast, brought to you by The North Group, where security is refined by intelligence.
1: Hey, oh, hello, 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 Kelly, guess what time it is. It's time to head north. We are so excited to have you here. Um, I'm Natasha Ryan. I'm with the North Group. I do communications and business development. My friend Vince here also does business development with the North Group. And my friend Kelly is an author, and she is about to launch her book called Sharp Women. And that's why we have her on, because as I have said to many people, you are a champion of making sure women are not only situationally aware and can protect themselves, but you actually try to instill the confidence for women to be able to carry that out. And that's what I love about you. So I'm so excited to have you here. And I think we kick this off just kind of defining how you describe
2: situational awareness. Sure. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here and talking about my book. Of course, situational awareness is a passion of mine simply because I was told you just need to be more aware of your surroundings. And when I said, well, well, what am I looking for? How do I know if I'm looking at the right things? Well, if I see something, then what do I do? And what if that doesn't work? And nobody could answer me. Or they just kept saying, "You just just be aware. You'll know. Yeah. And that started my journey of, of learning. And along the way, the more I shared with women what I was finding out, and even men too, um, the more people got interested and wanted more. So... I like to say that I'm just bringing people along on the journey. Like they're following my story as I'm learning and making mistakes and find, having aha moments. And then other women can relate to them because it's the everyday things that's the little subtle cues, clues in our environment that tell us, wait, something's off. And so that's why for me, my working description of situational awareness is using all of your senses, which feeds your intuition to notice when something is off in your environment, understanding what that means to you and your safety. And then lastly taking action to get to safety or to preserve your safety. And people go, okay, that still seems kind of confusing. And I say, well, here's the example is when we say observing your surroundings, you think of sight. That it just kind of naturally you think of sight, but our hearing works faster. Our hearing works at night. Our hearing can work around corners. Our sense of smell we all know what to do if we smell gas. Can't see it, can't hear it necessarily. Um, I use the example of at night. If you're walking, you may not hear or see someone smoking, but you'll smell, and that tells you something's someone is in my environment. And
1: yeah. then
2: it's not about always looking for a threat, a boogeyman in the bushes. What Hollywood tells us: this is what your attacker is going to look like, because oftentimes manipulators, con men, threats to our safety don't look like that. Ted Bundy was described as charming and handsome. Yeah, yeah. And so if we're not talking about body language, if we're not talking about manipulation tactics in the way that they really happen, especially towards women, then they're going to miss those early warning cues and and signs and behaviors and, and then find themselves in a worse predicament. And, you know, Domestic violence is a great example of this. Is the the really violent, physically abusive relationships don't start out with blows. It starts out with control tactics, right. control, you know, emotional, psychological abuse. So if we're not talking about the way real violence looks towards women, then women think, ah, oh, how did how did I not know? How did I miss this? How did I get to this point? And so when you notice what's off. And then you're able to articulate and understand. It also removes some biases because you're not looking and judging a book by its cover. You're judging them based on their actions. So it's easier to separate out and not either give a pass because he looks like a charming man. He looks like a gentleman. The worst and kind. we'll give him a pass versus, you know, well, that, that person looks scary. Well, Why does that look scary to you? It's probably based on how you were raised or, you know, culture and environment, all those things. Yeah. So I, t- I try to say, we got to look at what's off, what doesn't fit that baseline anomaly conversation. And then understanding what does that mean to your safety? I play a video at the beginning of my trainings um, <laughs> that went around, I think it's from 2017, but it's a bear cub on a front patio with grandma and grandpa leaving their their ho- their home. And grandpa looks twice in that field of vision of where the bear was, but it wasn't eye level. It's a bear cub. And people kind of chuckle and they laugh. And, you know, there's a thing really scary. The bear cub's kind of cute. But then you go, okay, let's walk this through, right? That's a clue. That's something off. You don't normally expect to see a bear cub. What do we know about bear cubs? Where there's bear cubs, there's There's mama mama. bear. And in the videos upper right or upper left corner, there's garbage cans. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to guess that mama bear was looking for lunch and baby bear did what kids do. They get curious and wander away. And now grandpa and grandma locks themselves out of their house and are probably walking to a locked car, potentially getting between mama bear and baby cub. So it's more about, hey, what do I see? What do I smell? What do I hear? And wait, something's off. And then what do I need to do to get safe? In that situation, if they had noticed the bear cub, they could have gone back in their house. Vince, you've and been sometimes innocent. that non—that's not yeah. sexy. That's not explosives and yeah. you know throwing physical punches. It's like no, yeah. but that's still your safety, and that's still avoidance is our number one goal. You know, personal safety is yeah. our responsibility. So, yeah, is that gosh. what
1: you teach your kids, Vince? You, uh, yeah, you have-
0: It's crazy. Yes. So, I mean, look. Kelly, you have any military or law enforcement background?
2: So um, this little, not to, I talk about in the book. I did go through boot camp for the army at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I loved it. It was probably the best experience in my entire life. Um, just for the mental strength that you gain. Not a lot of um, people say that about
1: boot
2: camp. Oh, I know, well, and, be, you know, there's a much bigger story to that. I always say I got to go to adult summer camp even though I got gas and got to shoot stuff and, you know, taught how to use a bayonet and all that fun stuff. Um, But after that, it was pretty much, um, there was a time in my life that I had to make a decision. And so I I chose to to leave the military. So that's why I say I really only got to go to adult summer camp, but it was awesome. It's interesting Um, because that, I mean, I
0: learned a lot of this stuff. From my experience, I'm military 18 years. I'm law enforcement for 10 years. Um, My life has been to pay attention to the world and environment surroundings around me and identify these little nuances that change. And I can identify when something is different energy. I can feel energy in a room. I could be in a crowded room and tell my wife, come over here. There's going to be a fight. And she's like, "How do you do that, right?" And it's like I, I, years and years of being in tuned with this, and so when we we're saying, "I, I love this book concept," and I want, I want to get it for my kids, my daughters especially. I have a 19 year old daughter in college, and I always tell her, hey, mama, what does crazy look like?" And she goes, "Uh, there is no thing." I was like, "Exactly, right?" I've taught her that because everybody can be crazy. The guy in the suit we were saying earlier could be crazy. Like you don't know that, and so. Um, I've raised two state champ wrestlers, girls.
2: Awesome. And I know, by,
0: I by accident, right? Just they were at the gym with my sons. I made them wrestle. I was like, let's just see how this goes. Now they're just like high level. And the one security I have is that they definitely know how to defend themselves in the event of crisis. But do they know how to safety mitigate a scenario so they don't get themselves into that? crisis right and Mm -hmm. big part of like being part of tng and and the company that that um i am is that we do a lot of safety management and safety mitigation and in a personal level safety mitigation is kind of our own job to do daily and things Mm -hmm. like girls who go jogging at night Um, i always tell my wife like you ain't going jogging at night i know
1: i always go no 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 no
0: that doesn't make sense to me right you know what i mean like i i I don't go jogging at night and I'm a big, (laughs) you know, so I love that you said this because this is years and years of my own training where I realized not long ago that I had that skill to kind of be very in tune with all my senses and, and identify. I can be driving and go car accident, boom. And then it happens. Like I do that because of the years of understanding, like, it's like our body has a computer system, when one thing is off, you'll know, you'll be like, oh, this, there's something weird right now about to happen. And it's because- and that is a
2: superpower that we all have. And I will yeah, totally agree with you, love here yep, same mindset. Um, my husband was 20 years military and he's just 26 years law enforcement. So I am fortunate that I live with a resource that I can constantly pick his brain. <laughs> Yeah. Um, But also I'm a very, I love this. I grew, I don't know if this even relates, but maybe it does to to my passion, like the whole story. But my dad was World War II buff. So I grew up watching Tour of Duty, China Beach, MASH, all the World War II movies. So I was always fascinated and I love all spy movies or anything that's that human intelligence. Of course, I love the physicality of it. And I'm like, heck yeah, I want to be you know rough and tough and I want to be able to Physically hold my own. But the reality is, if the because I like that, there's going to be a certain way I carry myself, which a typical predator is going to say, uh, you know, she's, you know, it's the saying I tell women when they're like, oh, I could never be physical. I'm like, have you never heard a woman described as she's a hundred pounds soaking wet, but I would not mess with her? It's so much on how you carry yourself. Yeah. And Fast forward when I had taken my first women's self-defense class later in life. I mean, this was probably six years ago now. And that's what we spent the whole four hours focused on the physical skills. And at the end, they said, but, you know, the last thing you want to do is get into a physical fight. You need to be more situationally aware. And I was like, wait, you know, brain hits the wall, says we just spent the four hours doing the thing I'm supposed to not do. And the thing I'm supposed to use all the time we didn't talk about. And so that started that journey of curiosity. And I would reach out to these very intelligent, very smart human beings the, whose job was personal protection or risk management or yeah. whatever it was. And I was like, okay. And they'd be like, yeah, they could get it. We could talk. And i said, say, okay, where can I go get training for me as a civilian, as a female? And they were like, hmm, sorry, it's I don't know great of thing. anything. Great and, and, and that's where I kept saying, well, I can't be the only one we're getting attacked. And here's the thing too, what I've found is I'm not trying to replace physical self-defense. I'm not trying to replace that knowledge or the martial arts because I have zero martial arts background. Um, But I grew up with a younger brother and we used to grapple all the time. So that physicality doesn't bother me. But is the, the the threats against women look different because it's usually someone we know. So it's going to start out very, very small or very little tests of our boundaries, which if that's a coworker, if that's a friend, if that's a, a relationship partner, you it's much easier to brush it off. Oh, they're just joking. Oh, they're mm-hmm. always that friendly with everyone. Yeah. Oh, this. And those type of people are really good at manipulating the witnesses or the people around you 100%. so that people go, oh. Jim Bob is always that nice to everyone. So then people start discounting your story and then you start discounting your own story. Well, maybe I was reading too much into it versus trusting your intuition. And what I try to remind women in my classes is because of nature, women are typically born to be the caretaker, to be the nurturer. You have phenomenal nonverbal reading skills, which is the hardest verbal skill to fake. Nonverbals are really hard to fake and you have this intuition, this feminine intuition that helps you take care of others so you can read a room, you know when a friend has a bad day, you know when your, your partner has a bad day, your kids, whatever it may be, people you care about. But because you're using it for others, you don't think about it for yourself and your personal safety. Yeah. And so I like to bring in a little bit of humor, you know, like I my hearing, I know exactly when my kids are sneaking a snack by the sound of the cupboard hinges. <laughs> yes. And you know, and women laugh and they're like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, yeah. and I talk yeah. about mental, you know, we need to have a mental plan. We need to build up those mental strategies. I'm like, ladies, listen. You do this all the time when you wake up in the morning because you have a million things to do and 10 places to go and four schedules to manage. And you go, this is how I need to do X, Y, Z to do all of this. So just do that now when you say, if this happened, if I was running and felt like I was being followed, what would I do? If someone approached me at a store when I was talking to my friend, how would I respond?
1: Yeah. And Let's so touch it's, on that. Can we touch on that? Because yeah. I think a lot of the time women feel like they have to be polite. They have to laugh it off, like you said, when someone comes up in a joke. And you gave a phenomenal example one time when we were talking about some man approaching you and your friend and you reframed it. And it literally has
2: changed
1: how I thought about how I would react in those situations. So can you share that?
2: Sure. Yes, and I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that that helped reframe things I mean, 100%. Right? I, I do yes. agree. A lot of times, growing up, be kind, be polite, don't make noise, don't hurt others. I mean, really, the anti-bullying messaging is. I'm like, that's great, but we also need to talk about when it's okay to not be friends with someone. So, yeah. Yeah. to preface that, the story is: I went to have coffee with a friend. It was a Friday morning. You know, we're leaving, and it was uh, one of those like a vestibule with, there was a liquor store, a grocery store, and the coffee store. And we were standing outside doing that long goodbye thing. Yeah. And we're talking. And now granted, I mean, my skincare routine is phenomenal. <laughs> but this gentleman came up and said, hey, are you two selling Girl Scout cookies? And I just looked at him and I, I said, will. no. And then he goes, no, no, are you selling Girl Scout cookies? And I said, no. And he said, geez, lady, I was just trying to make conversation. And I said, Yep. And he walked away. Like I wasn't rude. I, I wasn't, it. Be, but it was like, you know, and my friend was like, oh my gosh, I don't think he knew who he was talking to. Um, and kind of laughed, but she was, I, I'm so glad you said something. I never would have been able to say something. And I'm like, here's the thing. Okay. He walked up to two women. He didn't know who were having a conversation, interrupted us, and then was insistent that we should talk to him or something. Give him attention. And- not to judge because, hey, night shift, 8 a.m. may be your happy hour, but it's nine o'clock on a Friday morning and you got a brown bag bottle of liquor in your hand. Like, uh, don't the, cook, you know, like your story doesn't match up. I'm not being rude. I'm being direct. You were being rude. So I just set a boundary and and I'm not going to engage. And you trying to make me feel bad about setting a boundary. I'm also not going to apologize. No, and I no. never, I'll never see him again. But again, for women, it's that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine, I, I share this story, Natasha, you know her, but she had a gentleman, she's newly divorced, had a gentleman interested. And, you know, mutual, their daughters are friends. So they see each other at volleyball games. And he had called, he's like, oh, you look sad after you were leaving this volleyball game. And she's like, you know, it's okay. You know, they'd had one nice conversation But she's not interested and she's driving to go get food and it's eight o'clock at night. She's hungry and he's like, well, do you want me to come over? Do you want to talk? And she's like, no, no, no. You know, I just need to go home, eat, let my dog out. I'm fine. Thanks for calling. That was very kind of you. Well, she gets home and he's sitting at the end of her driveway waiting for her to get home. And now she lives alone. Her dog is a Labradoodle. So bless Copper's heart. But he's not (laughs) exactly a personal safety protection dog. And then what is she she gets out and then he's got her at the end of her driveway with food in her hand and bags and he's talking and talking. And again, it's not what society would say is rude, but I'm like, let's reframe this. You told him no, multiple times not to come over. He still goes to your house. Then he stands out after you've said, no, I really need to get in and eat my food. That's rude. That's boundary encroachment. That's stalking. You know, it's one of those things where, and then she was like, oh, you're right. And now, and he's still, there's still things. She'll screenshot me texts. And I'm like, you can't, you can't do that whole, no, I'm not interested, but yeah, we can talk as friends. I'm like, nope, that leaves the door open. Yeah. yeah. yeah I would say, No, I'm not interested in talking. And then you need to stop. And that feels awkward and hard. And women go, God, that feels rude. And what if people, and I'm like, again, reframe it. Yeah. He's the one being persistent. And most stalking is, again, legal definitions depend on jurisdictions, but two or more of unwanted contacts is can be considered stalking. So yeah. those are threat yeah.
0: indicators. Like those are threat indicators right away. As in like, oh, wait, that's I said no. And you're there. I would have been for some reason. We have raised our women to feel that they just should comply. They should just say yes yeah. or, or engage in the conversation because it's polite or ma'am, can I help you with your bags? And you're like, oh, yes. Right. Because I guess so, so chivalry and chivalry is yeah. not dead. Yes. And, and then and then we're taught that it's rude to just say no please create space, right? These things. And I've even talked to my wife. I was like, you have no reason to be nice to anybody. You're going to the store. Just go if someone wants it because people stop her, right? They're like, Oh, hello, man. Like, and I'm like, mom, you can say, uh, sorry, I'm shopping, walk away. But she's like, well, I don't want to be rude. I'm like, be rude. Be rude. You know what I mean? Because if you continue to, it's like, like you're saying, conditioning and grooming, these things that, that they do. And someone who's very manipulative just needs to get in one way and we'll continue. Well, let me just help you to your car then. Well, what well, I've gone this far, let's continue. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. it turns into this very predatory, you know, indicator that could be detrimental to your safety.
1: And, and tell thing- you that takes practice though, that takes practice. Because exactly. I have had to learn. I have had to, you know, single mom, you know, this Cal dating, I have had to learn that I am not going to apologize for saying, no, nope, I don't want to see you again. Nope. Like I'm just very, you know what I mean? I used to feel bad and be like, and then boundaries kept getting pushed and you just have to keep practicing saying, no, actually I'm not being rude. I'm being honest. And this is how I feel. Nice to have met you. I wish you well.
2: Bye. well and that's the thing I too. And, and I've talked about this is then there's that escalation piece, right? And here's what gets missed. It's super easy for us, Vince. Um, I, I tend to say it's easier for guys um, just in the way you adrenalize and handle stress and then you're over it. Like this is how guys can be arguing and yelling at each other at 9 a.m. in a meeting and then go out for a happy hour together. <laughs> Women, we adrenalize differently, okay? We're going to take longer to get pissed. But once we're pissed, we're staying pissed for a yeah. while. Yeah. So, the, you know, just that difference in... Well, I'm gonna be rude, but what? we're good. For women, it's a little different. And the society contracts, the societal contracts mores that we that we were raised in that we live in is we have negative backlash even from females, other females. Yes that, that and it's 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 unfortunate, but it's a reality that needs to be addressed and talked about as much as possible so that other women can feel confident, have the words to say, no, I wasn't being rude. I was being direct. He was being rude. And to mm-hmm. help change that dynamic, because again, if we're not, when you, it's a life hack. Yeah. How many life hacks have you ever heard, learned that you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Because you don't know what you don't know. And then when yeah. someone tells you or gives you that aha moment, you're you're not the same. You're, wow, why didn't anybody ever tell me this? That's what I hear a lot of time when I'm done presenting or done speaking is people go, this is common sense. No one's ever told me, said it in a way that I could relate to, that understands what it's like to be a woman that made it actually kind of enjoyable to learn about preventing violence. versus yeah. very fear-mongering, like if yes. you don't do this, you will die. If yeah. you don't carry this certain tool, you're in trouble. And yeah. and so that it it gives them a space to say- and reminds them, because again, to your point, personal safety is our responsibility. We cannot farm that out as much as we want to. When it comes down to it, you got to take your personal safety as a priority. And so giving women like, hey, you got this. You yeah. can do this. This is not, you need 10 years to get a certain belt in a certain martial art. This I is know. not. As much as I'm like, do it, because it's done. Yeah. And it's good for your health, (laughs) but it's at the same time, that can be very defeating for women who don't have a lot of time, put everybody else before themselves. So to prioritize, I mean, women are like, I can't even get to the gym and get a workout in. And now we want them to go take, you know, firearms (laughs) courses and martial arts classes and, you know, all these different like violence dynamics trainings. And it's, wait a minute, I'm worried about what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. Like, that's just, that's too much. My head's going to explode. So I try. That's why I wrote my book is it's a book that it opens with a transcript from a recorded Hold it up. Violent. Hold it up. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Hold it up. It's uh, it has the transcript from a recorded vi- domestic violence situation where he was never physically violent and he was law enforcement. So he knew exactly what he could and couldn't do to get away with it, which my husband was like, Really? Really, you needed to? And I'm like, listen, God brought me this woman who was willing to talk to me and share her story. And I'm trying to say, it does not matter. Like, we have to take away exterior appearances or culture. Like, well, we view this person at this level because they're a CEO of a company. They can't be, yep, you know, and then we find out most CEOs are sociopaths. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> But um, it was, it opens like it never starts out. She was married 15 years before the incident. And so to be able to interview her and talk about some of the little things that looking back hindsight, she's like, oh my gosh, why did I not pick up on this? Well, because yeah. you were engaged and aren't we all supposed to like stand by our partners in the good and bad and forgive them when they make mistakes. So yep, that's, that's where it really gets hot. gray is, well, when is enough enough? And that's really a personal choice, but still we got to talk about it. So I'm hoping, you know, teenagers, college students, boys and girls say, what are healthy relationships? What are healthy boundaries? Yes, Because we can't, we need to talk to our our boys too, our young men. Yes, that's so So. big.
0: Yeah, I have boys too. and My son was, there was a girl chasing him and he was chasing her. And I said, come here, man. I said, let me tell you something. Don't chase her just hang out. If you guys like each other, sit down and watch a football game. I don't want you to get into this mode where you have to chase a girl to show her you like her. Just communicate because that's an old skill set that's an old thing right I was say, I was going to tell you generational ideologies what my mom told me was what what is what women should do is not necessarily how I raise my daughters and the same as my dad told me like men don't cry I'm sitting here bawling on any little commercial I see
2: yep. right so humane societies get me every time yes. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin song on um, that I can't even
1: listen can't even listen you know, like I get one chord and I'm like Mm -hmm. I
0: watch those home improvement shows and the families is like the big reveal and I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's the thing is like these generational ideologies that, you know, we get raised to and then realize like, well, I might have to shift this up a little bit because life is different or I see things differently. And, you know, our mothers would probably tell us like, no, Vinny, your daughter shouldn't wrestle. My my mom's done that. Right. like. Well, mom, she does, and she's good at it, and yep. she's 105 pounds, so it's good that she knows how to handle herself, right? 105 pounds soaking wet, and I wouldn't mess with her. Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's this thing that we all have to kind of be willing to shift gears, and it's great that you're doing this. You're kind of in the forefront of what needs to be done for our women, as well as our men. Our Men should read this as well, and, and to understand like we're just as much as a problem by thinking we can show up and impose on a conversation. Right. Like, hey, ladies, like, come on, dude. (laughs) That's
2: how funny I am. Yeah. Well, Vincent, you will love this. So when my husband read the book and obviously he's married to me, so he has to listen to me talk a lot. (laughs) I mean, the listen part, he might say I'm listening, but you know how that goes. I mean, not my husband. I'm just kidding. Um, But he read this book and even with all his military law enforcement experience, he was like, still a perspective I didn't think of on a certain things. You know, there's one story I share in the book where I actually got a male perspective on helping a woman change a flat tire. And I said, this is all great and fine and dandy, but let me show you a perspective from, I'm going to assume was the female's perspective and why she behaved the way she did to him. And so then I tell the story from her perspective. And it really is kind of this, it's the understanding that two people can have different perspectives and it doesn't mean either one of them is wrong. It's just Different perspectives. So, the more we can have these conversations, the more good guys, because, you know, they, I feel bad for guys who are like, I'm a good guy. I don't want to get beat up. And I'm like, here, then I totally understand. And let me give you the perspective from a female so you can help advocate and you can help call out and be like, oh, yeah. So now my husband jokes. He's like, I'm never, if a woman ever declines my offer of help, I'm just going to walk away. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah, because I, we need to struggle to figure out how to do it ourselves. Yeah, That's I, part I, of the confidence boost of being like, wait, I did that all on my own. Yeah. I'm super cautious
0: about like, like I'm the same. If I see a woman who's pu- pulling her side of the road and the hood open or a flat tire, I always pull up like, do you need help? No. Have a good day. Be safe. Boom. Good night. Cause I, <laughs> I don't want to have the problem, right? But also, if they needed someone and they were looking for someone, like, well, it'd also be the help if you needed. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would hope yeah. to
0: God someone would do that for my daughter at the same yeah. time. You know, and I'd hope that my daughter sees like help and then get the hell away. <laughs> you know what
2: I mean? well, and that's that's yeah. a great that's a great point too, Vince, that you bring up is it's it's saying. Getting men to know how they can help, because that's what I hear a lot of times, too, is, okay, how when I travel to a conference, I had a, a older gentleman that I knew in, in an industry, and he said, I always worry that my female younger colleagues, I don't want to just assume they're going to be okay or that they feel comfortable riding in a taxi back to their hotel or, you know, walking if that's the case. And he goes, but I don't want to come off as creepy, like, hey, can I walk you back to your hotel? You want to take and a I'm ride like, home
1: with me?
2: <laughs> two things, ask them if they want your help. And yeah. what is your past behavior told them? Because that's how, I mean, if I have a relationship and I can trust and see that you're a good guy, then I'm going to understand that your offer of assistance is coming from a good place, that there's not ill intent. So it's just, if we set a boundary saying, no, thank you. Great. Respect that. Does that mean that you're going to be okay? Or you're not going to worry, or you're not going to be like, oh, I really want to help. But still, it's respecting our boundary, because then in the future, we'll say, I trust him, that if I say yes and need help, he'll help. And yeah. if I say no, that he'll yeah. also respect that and leave me alone. Absolutely. So it's this conversation. It's, sometimes it just feels like we're making it too complicated.
1: I got to tell you, that first time, too, where you set up a boundary, it feels good. When you when you can recognize that you need to set up a boundary, right, you've, you've become aware that, OK, I have the right to set up a boundary. And the first time you actually put it into motion, like I remember being at a gas station and a stranger walked up and was like, hey, I need. And I was like, no nope, space. Do not come into my space. And he looked at me like so offended. But I'm thinking, I don't know you vince is laughing he's like i wouldn't mess with natasha so (laughs) but i mean i was like no space because it was at night there were there was maybe one other person there and i'm like there's no reason you should be walking to my gas pump trying to get in in within like my six feet Mm -hmm. there's no reason for it you can ask your question from right there and he was like i need money and i said i don't have cash sorry good luck and he walked away But it's like that shock of how dare you say space? And I'm like, nope, space.
2: nope. And and have you ever seen that guy again, Natasha? Never, never. See, the thing I remind women too is like, why are you worried about offending or what? I shouldn't say offending. Why are you worried about the other person's response to your boundary? I mean, I get it, but I'm reminding you out loud, you're never going to see that person again. So who cares? I've never seen liquor store dude again. Maybe, (laughs) I don't know, don't recognize him he probably would not recognize me <laughs> or he just but, turns and walks away. Right. And, and, you know, that, that verbal, that, um, saying things out loud that that sometimes can be hard for women. And I say, don't wait for them to get in that space. There's a reason why there's a 21 foot rule with bladed objects and firearm response. Yeah. Yeah. There's there, you know, that, that happens very quick, closing the gap. Very quick. And I say you, if you see something suspicious or something that hmm, I'm not so sure about this, You don't have to be like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. I tell the story as I was leaving, it was a college campus at night, it was like 830 at night. So it's darker and I'm leaving the safety presentation and I'm walking out to my car. And of course, you know, uh, this is where reality when women say, well, you know, do this, don't do this. And I'm like, I had a box of all of my self-defense tools in my hand and my purse and my, you know, laptop over my shoulder with my keys in my pocket so I could get to them quick. But I saw there's this big lifted truck and there's a dude. He's not close to one of the light poles or light poles and he's changing a tire. And from a distance, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to walk somewhat close. I mean, I can kind of swoop wide to get around. But dude's got a tire iron and I don't know who he is. It's dark. So I was like from far away. I'm like, hey, do you need any help? you know, obviously I'm like in high heels. Like I'm not going to do a lot for a lifted truck with a big old tire. Right. And, um, but he laughed and he's like, no, I'm fine. I've got it. But thanks. And I'm like, no problem. But here's the thing that I say is, a, I was, I was actually being kind. I could have called for help if he needed it, but it's like, I just use my voice and let him know, I see you. Yeah. I just use my voice to anyone who might be in the area of like, oh, yeah. what who was that? What was that? And it's not scary, you know, how they say, don't, don't yell rape or don't all those things because people are scared and they won't come to that or pay attention. So it's, it's again, that reframing of, no, you can use your voice. You can be loud. You don't have to be rude. You know, you can, you can actually have a kind heart and be curious. And so it's not about paranoia. It's about being a good person, but being real strict on your boundaries. That's a great tip. I love it.
1: We're yeah. running out of time. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Vince. I just love that
2: because
0: you can take from that dialogue as well and how he engaged you back. And it yeah. almost like, oh, I see his intention a little bit. So beautiful. I love that. And that's something I'm going to use. And I can't wait to buy many of these books for my own family. Every sister, my <laughs> mom, my, every daughter, I have kids galore. Uh, oh, okay, you know, good. I'm
2: glad you I'm had so good. many kids because you know my book fails. To myself. <laughs>
1: I want mine autographed. Heck yeah. (laughs) All right, Kelly, how do people get your book and when is the release?
2: So the official release date will be February 22nd. You know, again, after the pandemic, I don't really put anything in stone anymore. Um, There will be an ebook version of paperback and a hardcover available through Amazon. So really easy for people to get. Um, And the best way to really, reach out or find out more is to go to my website, which is the diamond arrow And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as the diamond arrow group. I am on LinkedIn, Kelly Sayer. um, my social media. I try and take things that I see that are timely and then help women, like the increase in carjackings or armed robberies. Here's things to watch for as you're leaving a building, you know, the transition yeah. area, things to remember, have your tool in your pocket or whatever you do. Make sure your hands are free as much as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very very excited, and I'll probably figure something out for autographing books for people who want to <laughs> buy it from you know my website. But yeah. right now, I just appreciate being able to come and have this conversation. I could talk for hours. I appreciate you being on.
0: I love it. I think it's exciting, and uh, I think it's something that needs to be. To be done. So awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to close this out with a video and we are out of here. Thank you so much. Good.